0: Walter Cades Fedchuk, welcoming you back to our special playoff edition of the 2017 European LCS Spring Split Rough Drafts Guess the Line podcast. We are now on to the semifinals of the European LCS. We had um, a couple of interesting series last week over in the professional scene playoffs, and a couple of very defi- decisive series, I guess, in the. Uh, in the promotion tournament, and I can think of nobody else that I'd rather talk about this with than my good friend and co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassner. Chase, I hope you're doing better than H2K today.
1: Look, I gotta be honest, like, shout out to H2K. Their social media team has proven that they're, you know, they're able to look at this and, and joke about it and, and handle it in a way that I think is uh, impressive, Uh, to me, I would not have been able to release the H2 What episode they put out yesterday. That would have been... uh, I I would have had a hard time going through that footage, and they found a way to, you know, find some humor in it, and I think that has a lot to do with the way that, you know, as an organization, they trust that they're going to be able to come back and do well next year, and I I think that that's... uh, Next split, I should say, and I think that's going to be helpful for them. But yeah, I mean, it was a very... I I think shocking is the uh best way to put it as far as you know we I don't think we saw this result coming in a million years I saw a 3-0 happening but I certainly didn't see it going in Fnatic's favor and certainly I think it's going to change the way that we have to evaluate how Fnatic is going to be handling uh this next uh week here in the semifinal series and overall I just I'm I'm very interested to kind of see how these semifinals teams kind of bounce off of each other it should be very interesting, if nothing else.
0: i It is strange. they, they seem to so fervently trust in this process, and I think probably may be the longest tenured coach outside of maybe Parth in like both LCSs, which, if you said that to me back in like season four, like yeah, is going to turn into a head coach and be. You know, the Bill Belichick of coaching, I would have laughed at you and been like, there is no way that that goofball could be a head coach. But he seems to fit that organization perfectly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And speaking of organizations being perfect in one way or another, uh, the promotion tournament is going on. This is week two of the European promotion tournament because for some god-awful reason, uh, Europe likes to extend terrible things by an extra week which means we get another week of Orion playing. Uh, Chase, did you happen to catch any of the games live? Did you go back and watch the VODs? What What were your thoughts on the first round matchups, I guess, in this tournament?
1: Yeah, well, I did watch the, the VODs, so I, I felt like, uh, you know, I wanted to see just how good these challenger teams were. We did obviously pick them to win uh, both of the series this week. I guess the first thing that jumps out to me is just how definitive those wins were. Uh, Yes, Giants won the first game against Fnatic Academy. It was a 51-minute game. Really could have gone either way. It came down to just a couple fights. uh, Specifically, that last last Elder Dragon was enough to give them uh, the tools that they needed from a combat perspective. But the other three games, Fnatic Academy won, and they won pretty handily, and it was... One of those situations where you look at and go, why did Giants opt into this? Why did Giants decide, you know what, first round, let's go up against Kickus in the top lane so he can just style on Flaxish for basically the entire series with the exception of Game 1. Why do we you know, want to go into uh, this this jungle matchup where, at, at the very least, Amazing is a guy who has competitive experience and ensure he wasn't you know, some incredible player here. I think Memento's the better jungler. But, you know, the, the shot calling from Fnatic Academy was very solid. I thought that Mr. Rale's, uh, you know, just very good Ezreal play from him. Uh, and I think that opting into HeQ versus Mr. Rale's, it, it was just a very weird situation for Giants to to pick this path for themselves. But the most important part of it is that both Giants and Origin, who was just... I mean I don't I don't know what to say at this point. I'm kind of tired of of talking about them to a large extent because there's just no growth on that end. And that's something that DeFicio pointed out. You know, how do you play in the LCS for 10 weeks and not get better? I don't know, but Origin found a way and I guess that's, you know, worth something. Like congratulations on oh, oh, oh. on that. Here's the thing, you missed on the very obvious amazing
0: is an amazing pun, which shame on you, we've been doing this long enough that we do take that kind of low-hanging <laughs> fruit. But in terms of not improving, I want to I pump the brakes here on Orion, because I think there is one player that has improved. Sure. I think there's one player that coming with, with the the record that he has, um, it's quite unfortunate, because I think Nahoon has actually improved from week one. I don't I think that he is a great mid laner. I don't think he's right. necessarily LCS caliber yet, but I have seen marked improvement from him from week one until now. I mean, he's he's trying to be aggressive, he's trying to make some of these proactive plays. He actually is doing okay in lane, and he's trying to go after solo kills in lane. And I think some of the failure that we're seeing, the oh, ha, 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 this is, you know, the 0-27 LSPL mid laner, is just coming from there's a desperation in him to prove himself of, like, no, we can win a game, we can win a series, like, like I, I want to win a series, I want to win a series. It's like an overeager puppy, which I have some experience with right now, <laughs> of he's trying too hard and he's trying too much. But I do see some sort of glimmer of improvement from him, to the point I don't think we can just joke and say that there's been no improvement on this roster,
1: Okay, there's been no improvement since week four because Nahin's been this guy since week four, and they still haven't figured out a way to get him going in any carry sense. In in series that look, they could have had a hard carry player in the mid lane, and that would have been enough in some of these matches. I thought that you know Jisu is is someone who you know didn't do a ton to impress me. He did fine. I don't think he's a bad player, but. I don't think he was an overwhelming player either. Koskew was a very winnable mid-lane matchup. Uh, I I think that that's something that, you know, you got to give Nahyun some credit for that. But I also think that Koskew is just a guy that we've seen try to fight his way in from the challenge we've seen before. And I I think that, you know, he is in a lot of ways to me the Mendoza line. And so if Nahyun's losing that, well, then he's slightly below the Mendoza line for me. So. I don't know. I I don't think that Origin has anybody who I expect to see in the LCS next split. And so to me, that's you know whatever little improvement you want to give them, I don't think it's nearly enough. And I think that if you have an LCS team and you've been playing against all of these teams and you've been having these scrim partners and whatever else, you should be able to put together a win against what was supposed to be the weaker challenger team. And at this point, I just look at it and go, well... I don't see any way that Origin beats Giants because I don't see any way that, you know, Giants are going to uh, kind of fumble any more than you would expect Misfits Academy. They have players that can carry games. I trust Knight way more than I trust Nahune. I trust uh, Memento more than I trust Sinkroff. I I think that all of those individual matchups seem to be going Giants' way. But honestly, like, I I think it's worth... You know, as much as the story is going to focus on, like, these are the LCS teams and they're struggling and that sucks, you know, that's kind of where the narrative always goes because people are most familiar with the LCS teams. But I think these challenger teams deserve to be more than just the challenger teams that are proving how bad these LCS teams are. Fnatic Academy has players that I'm very excited to see. Niski surprised me this week. I thought he played very well. Uh, even in their loss in game one. I, I thought that he was very consistent. I thought that he, you know, played well in lane. I think he carried that lead very well for his team. And I, I think that, you know, on Misfit's Academy side, uh Pride Stalker I feel like is getting significantly better week after week. I was impressed. You know, he only played the Kazakh, so we can't necessarily say that the depth is there, but when he's given that champion, he's proven that he can hard carry a game and be this huge influence around the map, and I think that that's nice to see. I, I think that Yuki sixty has been surprisingly solid in this situation, and sure he was going up against Tabs and X and that makes things a lot easier. But you know, I, I think that he has a chance to be, you know, a, a better AD carry than we were initially going to give him credit for. So, so that's kind of where I'm going to focus on because that is a much more marked improvement for me than anything we've seen from Giants at or Origin. Giants and Origin feel like they're the same power level that they were at the beginning of the year, with maybe a couple tweaks here and there, whereas Fnatic Academy and Misfits Academy seem to be a much stronger team than we thought they were going to be heading into the season. And so, I, I, you know, the Academy was in session, and it seems like they did well. Uh, they're going to get uh, a nice grade on their report card from me, certainly. I think that both of those teams are going to continue to qualify and we're going to see uh, two new organizations that are going to buy in and Misfits and uh, and Fnatic are just going to make a lot of money for themselves. So, shout out to them. And also, just real quick, because I do want to mention this, because we complained about it last week, we're not getting dual streams this week on Thursday. Maybe Riot heard us complain about it. <laughs> uh, they are doing it, uh, you know, with the... Giants versus Origin will then be immediately followed by Fnatic Academy versus Misfits Academy. And that doesn't change the fact that there wasn't a Challenger Series Finals, and it doesn't change the fact that North America had dual streams. But, at least here, uh, there is going to be a chance for everyone to watch all of these series. And I do think they're worth watching. I do think especially Fnatic Academy versus Misfits Academy, if you're going to catch one series, catch that one, because these are two teams that this is the final. Back. Yeah. This is the
0: final. Uh, yeah. Right here, this they knew it. They riot scripted this. This is going to be the final. Whoever wins this gets an automatic spot in the LCS. Whoever loses this then has to play against an LCS team. Uh, just real quick, future investors, Misfit Academy feels a lot like G two to me.
1: Just yeah.
0: One point that out there. Feels yeah. a lot like G two when they first came in, where it was kind of a, a middling, kind of mediocre challenger performance, and then as the playoffs hit, they ramped up. And then, you know, came into the LCS in a, a blaze of glory and then took over the LCS from there. So I would pay very close attention to Misfits Academy, especially if they get in and what that price is going to go for and where they place uh, in the split. Chase, I have gambling odds for these two series. Would, you, would you like to take a, a gander at what they might be? Sure. Like Giants versus Origin. Where, uh, where do you think the line is?
1: I would have put Giants versus Origin at Giants minus 225.
0: You are very low, my friend. It oh. is Giants at minus 303. Okay. Which puts Origin at plus 220. If you want to take Giants uh, sweeping this series, going three zero, uh it's at plus 240. If you think they take it 3-1 or better, which is slightly safer, it's at minus 125.
1: Yeah, take the 3-1 on that. I'm surprised. I don't think Giants should be... Minus three hundred favorites over anybody. It's been a long time since they've won a series.
0: Origin. Yeah. It's origin. Origin's
1: really bad. I'm not gonna argue that. Origin but. hasn't won a series. But, Let's be very clear. Right. I, I just Giants aren't very good. I don't I don't wanna I like if I'm gambling on this, I don't want to be looking at Giants and going like yeah, minus three like I don't think minus three oh three is value. I think the minus one twenty five is close enough to value. Um for the other series <laughs> Uh, Fanatic
0: Academy versus
1: Misfits Academy. Fanatic
0: Academy minus -160? Uh damn, you nailed it. It's Fanatic Academy -163. There it is.
1: There it is. That Misfits line Academy. makes a lot more sense to me.
0: Misfits Academy at +125 and a 5 map total of +165.
1: Yeah. I just want to point out I didn't even know I was going to have to come up with these lines. So that's ju- that's nice. My instincts are going Hopefully that means that I'm going to be doing well with our actual LCS guesses. That's that's the hope here. Certainly, uh, I'm behind by one right now to you, Walter. So I need the help as much as possible. Can I get? Do I get a point for that one? Getting it almost. No, like no, no, one? no. You get uh, uh, you get nothing
0: because that was not planned in advance. That was uh, a more of Walter was preparing for the podcast and saw. Hey, we have European. Promotion tournament odds, which I want to gamble on, because I'm a degenerate gambler, and I'm in the green right now, so... Yes. Go me. It would be bad <laughs> if our expert was in the red. Uh, that being said, uh, we went one for one Yes, on our, uh, on our guesses last week. Uh, H2K just did not um, show up, but that means we made 65 Unicoins. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, that means we are now at... Negative
1: ninety five. For which yeah. for the record, you just said, "Man, it'd be really bad if we were in the red." Right before you then said, "By the way, we're in the red." As a whole, <laughs>
0: as as a whole, we're not in the red. In That's Europe, true. we are we are just slightly slightly under, but it's only two digits. It's fine. It's yes. fine. You gotta you gotta you know spend some money to make some money, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And that leaves us into our semifinals matches and chase. We're gonna start off with those red. Blooded boys from Fnatic. Yes. Good God, Reckless, you monster! I love it. Where has this been
1: the last, like, I don't know, two years? Where uh, the hell have you been, my friend? Look, the thing about Reckless, and this is something that's frustrated me for a while, uh, with the exception of his Alliance days, which were back in in season four, for the record. Like, we, we judge him so much for this this team and Alliance that didn't quite work out the way that we expected, like. Reckless has had this potential, but he's been put on a leash. And every year we look at him and go like, Oh yeah, he's not enough to be a primary carry. But if you look at the gold share numbers, he's usually not given much of an opportunity to be the primary carry. He's usually had to sacrifice those resources for, you know, whatever top laner when it was Huni. Hooney needed a lot of resources, and then Fabiven typically has needed a lot of resources. Not quite as many this year because of the way that H2K has been designed, but certainly during his fanatic days he was getting quite a bit of the gold share, so... Reckless had to take this secondary carry position. Certainly, we didn't see Reckless playing anything like a Vein or a Twitch during this time. So he was being limited at least in those regards. And I think now we're we're seeing that you know, the best thing about Fnatic dropping Nico the Pico and putting in uh this guy Quay as the new interim head coach is that because he's not a traditional coach. He does not feel the need to rely on the meta nearly as much as other teams do. you know the reason that this Fnatic team I think did so well at catching h two k off guard is because they brought this different style of play to every single game in the series you know when you're playing against a vein, you're supposed to be giving that bot lane a whole bunch of time to- you know a lo- whole bunch of focus and you should be ganking down there and you know, Fnatic did a really good job of, of making sure Roxa was there to make sure that those opportunities weren't available, and Reckless just had all the time in the world to scale. And you look at, you know, Game 1, the way that Roxa got such a nice early game lead over Yankos. you know, getting in, getting the deep vision, especially towards the river. Um, the amazing gank he had in Game 1, where he stole the Krugs and then came in from the back of the lane to get the first blood. Uh, was something that I did not imagine Broxit doing just a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I, I think that in general, we're seeing a team here that, you know, is, is being free to do the things that they like to do. Jezzes, you want to play uh, uh, Camille Support twice? Go ahead. Caps, you want to play Aurelian Soul? Sure, go for it. I, I never saw that coming. Certainly hadn't indicated he could play it before. Certainly the laning phase had some hiccups, but then, you know we get to the point where and Soul gets to roam and his roams were spot on. And I, I think that at the end of the day, you're seeing a team that, when they're comfortable, Fnatic is a very different team. When they're confident, when they are able to trust in the the work that each of them are doing, when Caps feels like he's getting help in the mid lane and when he's not constantly being counterpicked into, that is nice. Um, when When Soaz can kind of be left on his own devices and if he gets some split pushing, great. And if not... Whatever, that's quite nice for them. And again, Reckless was left off the leash and H2K paid dearly for that. Uh, Nuclear is going to get a lot of crap for especially his Game 3 performance and certainly he deserves a little bit of it. But to a pretty large extent, this was Reckless. Showing, yes, I can be the primary carry. This was Broxa showing, yes, I can be this mid-to-top-tier LCS jungler if given the opportunity. And I, I just... For me, you know, that alone makes them exciting. I don't think it's going to be enough against you, too, but I think it's definitely I, a promising sign. Yes,
0: it was Oduwamne. I might be the most overrated top laner in the Europe. Because... <sighs> I, see, see, that's going to be controversial. Yeah, he had a he great regular season. He just but he but he does this. There are moments, there are periods where all of a sudden he just becomes the most overrated player on the planet. Where you just look at him and go, "Why is anyone considering this guy for first team?" Like this series was awful. He played bad. terribly the yeah. entire series, and it's not like he's playing against a world beater. Like Soez did not look great in this series. He was no. kind of middling. Like they put him on Camille. And if there's one player on the planet that knows how to split push, it's Soaz. And he didn't split push as Camille. Right. He wanted to team fight as Camille against a Gragas that can knock him out of her own ultimate. And. Right. Yeah. I guess you just can only split-push on Fiora if you have a baguette in your hand? Like, I, I just didn't understand what their concept was with that. And then he goes on the Shen, and he's like, oh, yeah, I have double TP, let me split-push, and pull them around the map just like we saw um, against Misfits. Yeah. That being said, uh, yeah, this entire series was the, the coronation of Reckless. The, this is why he deserves the first-team All-Pro. This is why, if you want a sneaky MVP pick that isn't Trick... Maybe it'll be Reckless now because MVP is supposed to be regular season. You're not supposed to take playoffs into account. Well,
1: uh, the problem is I can't give the MVP to someone who had a losing record in the regular season. I'm sorry, Reckless. I don't really give
0: a crap about your uh, guidelines. I'm just saying if people are going to be voting on their MVP award today, I mean, it's really hard to overlook Reckless's performance in this series and go, you know, if you're on the fence about Trick because, yeah, I don't want to get to the same guy three
1: splits in a row.
0: Look, there first, is a nice shiny polished reckless on display here. So. This is when
1: I remind you that he didn't even get first team all pro that went to Sven. So I really I'm not trusting the voters to know what they're doing in that regard. I don't trust that in the slightest. So I I had a lot of feels about that all pro list that came out. I'm still trying to figure out how Xerxy didn't make the list at all. Um, Perks, first team all pro mid lane. I mean we made the case against Perks last week. Whatever. Welcome to the Europe voters. A uh, lot of questionable uh, ballots, especially from some of the media guys. Syncroft got multiple votes. That's just. Yeah, that's, I
0: don't. I, yeah, yeah, I have so many feelings about those off road votes. It's um, not great. I also have. It's, it's funny that we say perks since then, and now we move on to G2. Yeah. So, G2. Yes. Undisputed Kings of Europe. Yes. All of last year. They, um, like a newborn puppy, they, they took a big old steaming dump on the carpet that is international competitions. Yes. Um was slightly vindicated at the IEM World Championships, made it to the finals of it in kind of a weak tournament.
1: Yeah. Got
0: their butts handed to them by Flash Wolves. Um do we do we have anything to say about G2? Is there any, like do we think for any reason that Fnatic with their we're going to trust our players and trust their champion's pick? Do we have any reason to believe that that can actually do anything against the the unstoppable juggernaut that is G two?
1: I mean yes. I, I think the answer to that is absolutely okay. yes. And okay. the reason that it's a yes is look what happened when they played Rocket. Rockat was doing nothing but weird picks as well, because Rockat knew that they couldn't play G2 straight up, and it threw G2 off their game. You know, we talk all the time, you know, Trick is this brilliant mind, and he understands the pathing decisions of of enemy junglers, uh, especially, you know, anyone in the LCS more than, you know, any other European player we've seen. But how do you pin down a guy like Broxa, who is still figuring out some of these things and is still, you know, coming up with new pathing decisions every week. That's going to be interesting, you know? You can't really depend on Broxa making the exact same deep roams that he did in the quarterfinals because he hadn't done that at all in the regular season. So it's, it's going to introduce some weird things on that end. You know, Sven and Mithy are very good players. But Mithy in particular had a rough season this split. He only had a 3.2 KDA, 62% kill participation. Those are both a lot lower than we're used to from him. So I can't say that Reckless and Jezzes aren't going to be able to compete in that bot lane the way that usually I just give that as a free win to G2 because Sven is Ven, and Sven can be the best player in the league on a good day. But that's, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day you have to look at, well, what is Fnatic going to do that's going to deal with G2's issues? Because a lot of what Fnatic did really well this week was they crippled H2K's early game. H2K had been the biggest early game team in the league, 64%. Uh, 64.0 EGR. That's really nice. And Fnatic did a lot to neutralize that. G2 is second at 61.1, <coughs> but they also know how to team fight effectively. They also know how to... Uh, t- how to handle the mid game if they don't have that lead. So, I don't think it's as easy as shut down the early game, prevent them from snowballing, and you're going to win. I think you're going to have to find a way to get those team fights that you need. They're going to have to force neutral objectives, which are something that, you know, good luck with doing that against G2. G2 is one of the best teams in the league in terms of securing Barons, in terms of, you know, jungle control, obviously 56.3%, by far the best in Europe. So, You're not starving them out of resources the same way that you maybe starved Yankos out of resources. And certainly I didn't think I was going to say that about Yankos, but I certainly... I'm not willing to say that they can do it again against Trick because I think that Yankos is an instinct jungler versus Trick being a cerebral jungler. And I think that having a rookie go into that is going to be very difficult. Um, I, I think that a lot of this is going to depend on whether Perks can get those advantages in the mid lane, and I do believe that he has the potential to do it. Certainly, uh, you know we you know we liked other mid laners a little bit better than Perks this year, but he's certainly not a bad mid laner. 4.5 KDA, uh, 90 gold difference at 10 minutes. He was winning lane. Uh, he knows how to put out a whole bunch of damage when necessary. He was the primary carry for this team in that regard. So that you know, G2 has a lot of tools. And I think that Fnatic's gonna have a very hard time countering all of them, but there are enough ways in which Fnatic can at least neutralize the impact of of some of the things that previously we would say that no one would be able to deal with. And but now that there are these weird pocket picks, and now that you know if you're G2, you have to prepare for you know a ton of different strategies. I, I think that that leaves them in a, in an interesting spot. They're gonna have to prove that what happened with Rocket was 100% a fluke. And I'm not sure that's the case. I I feel like G2 has mastered the standard game, and if they force Fnatic to play them straight up, G2 wins, no doubt in my mind. But G2 hasn't necessarily been that innovative team. We haven't seen a lot of weird picks from them that show that they understand how to play this off-meta stuff. So I do think Fnatic has a, a way to get in there, I don't think it's going to be enough, <laughs> but it's there. I thought
0: you were going to say advantage. Uh, listen, Fanatic, <laughs> cheesy picks all aside, whatever. If You you have to have a good understanding of fundamentals and the staple stuff. You have to be able to play the standard meta champions. You have to be able to know how to you know snap a football before you can do trick plays and shotgun snaps and all this stuff. You have to be able to stand under center, take the ball, and hand it off to your running back or... Take it, do a two-step drop, and a slam. Whatever. You have to know the fundamentals of the game. Cheese only takes you so far, and we've seen before teams try to be cheesy against G2, and it hasn't worked. Look at Unicorns of Love. They lost two series, back-to-back weeks, where they did try some interesting, innovative things. I honestly think the Rockat win was, Rockat was just on a super high, yes. was just playing with desperation, knowing that we have everything to lose, and... Uh, we have everything to lose and everything to gain by you know getting this win and G2 really had nothing it was a it was a blow off and it's very very difficult to go undefeated over an entire season tsm didn't do it and nobody's done it in north america and even the fanatic run was herculean mm-hmm. in some efforts and they had some seasons you know, some series towards the end of the season where it was very very close and it was Fnatic you know having everything to gain and everything to lose clawing their way back in some of those series right. so i just think g2 kind of has an off switch and against Rocket it was off it was just switched off and uh that being said this is the put up or shut up game for i think both of these mid laners i like cocky arrogant run my mouth players probably more than anyone else yes i like forgiven i like dardoch I like double lift now that he's on TSM, not the Team Liquid or CLG versus them. They can all go themselves. <laughs> that being said, um, and Caps. Caps, I, I sort of like some of the trash talking, but not the toxicity and practice environment. That being said, these two, Perkovic and Baby Faker, this is your stage now, guys. I think. That across the board, yeah, you have Trick on G2. He's going to do his thing, and I don't think Broxa stands much of a chance. Expect versus Soaz is probably kind of a wash. Again, slightly in favor of Soaz. And I think the bot lane is a wash because Zven and Mithy have been underperforming, uh, whereas Reckless has basically been dragging Jezzes along by the hair and saying, play whatever you want. I don't care. (laughs) We're just going to win the game. And whoever created that thread about, like, um, so, as asking Reckless and, and Jezzes what they were going to play, and Reckless being like, I want to play Twitch. I want to play Vayne. Like, that entire side <laughs> was golden. I, yes. I need to go back and find it. That being said, this is going to be about the mid laners. This is going to be about Perk, and this is going to be about Caps, and who can control and dominate the other one. I fervently disagree with making Perks an All Pro. I don't care that he did the most damage on his team. As we've said before, my mid laner needs to be my playmaker. He needs yeah. to be, you know, when there's two seconds left on the clock and I need someone to hit a buzzer beater over Greg Ostertag, guess what? It's going to be Michael Jordan. It's got to be my mid laner in these circumstances or my eighty carry. You already have all-star eighty carries. Now both of these teams need the superstar mid laner to really solidify their place. And when I talk about that off switch, there is no one that is more more at fault for it than Perks. When that off switch goes off, he completely checks out. It doesn't look like he cares about the game. This is the series that he can have a chance to shut up this other rookie and say, no, 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 this is my yard. This is my yard, little guy. You can't oh, come no. in here, Roman Reigns. I'm uh... going to bury you. And he needs to shut this kid down, and he needs to prove that he's worthy of being an all-pro first-team laner I don't see it, but a really good series against Fnatic, shut up Caps, shut down Reckless, I absolutely think Perks could be that guy. Yes. But I'm sick about hearing potential with Perks. I want to see results. So I'm a little lower on the train with parts.
1: Yeah. I I think that we should not ignore the fact that his spring and summer regular seasons last year were really good last year. I would have totally given him the first team all pro award. I think that he certainly can be that guy. He's still averaging 3.7 kills per game. So you talk about as a playmaker, he's certainly a playmaker. He's the biggest playmaker on their team. If you go down the list. So I I think that he deserves a little bit more credit than you're giving him. I, I, Like, I was comparing him to last year, and I think that compared to that, he's taken a little bit of a step back. But overall, I I think he's certainly capable of being uh, this guy that they can kind of depend on and really get the most out of. Uh, To to me, this comes down to, you've got two veteran guys in, in trick and perks going up against two rookies in Broxa and Caps. You should be able to win both of those matchups hard enough that the fact that Sven versus Reckless is going to be close shouldn't be an issue. You should have all these other things going your way. Uh, Trick should be able to dictate the pace of the game. Uh, This is where they're going to have to look into. And I I think that they do pull that off. I have uh, G2 winning this series. I predicted to be a 3-1 on LCS Predict, and I am sticking to that. But I have the line at G2 minus 250, because I think the Fnatic's going to get... The typical fanatic bump that we see, especially after such an impressive of victory. No,
0: no, no, nope. no, 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 no. Nope. You are nope. You're not. You're not even in the same zip code, my friend. Okay. I said G2 at minus three thirty three. Uh, it's G2 minus five twenty six. Whoa. But you forget the algorithms tell you that G2 is. Whoa. G2 minus 526. Uh, just to double check that, I'm going to do it one more time. Using the magic of the internet. Yep, it's still minus 526. Uh, so,
1: Fanatic's uh, plus what? Fnatic is at plus 350. I like uh, that. I mean, we could get positive odds with uh, with plus one and a half, probably. What's that handicap? Uh, uh Let me see. Plus one and
0: a half for Fanatic is plus 145.
1: Yeah, that's going to be... A smart money bet, probably. I mean I'll I wanna ruminate on that I suppose a little bit, but like that line is absurd. Like that's I, them
0: winning a game or winning the series. That's, well,
1: that's well, winning a game or better. Uh plus one twenty five uh plus one and a half I should say would be winning oh, three two. losing three two or worse. Or yeah, three, or three, winning, two. I should say. Better. Um which is yeah, so I mean the advanced metrics say that G two wins a series you know, if you go with the favorable rating for Fnatic, it's about 67% of the time. If you're very harsh on Fnatic and, and treat them like the team that they were even before Nico the Pika left, which, you know, is fair. They were still Fnatic. They did have a 4-6 a and six record before that coaching change. That puts it at 73%. Neither one of those odds is as high as where the casinos are placing it. Consider me shocked. I... I don't think that line is particularly fair. I don't think it does a good job representing. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, where Fnatic See, you you like the plus one and a half. Um, yeah, but then there's five, Then there's the five maps
1: at plus two forty. So I mean, that also is that that seems good as well. I I don't know. I I want to think about that. Plus two forty for five maps. Plus two forty. Yes, sir. Oh man. Okay. We're going to have yes, to come back sir. to that because I'm going to go back and forth on that. No matter
0: what you do, don't tease these together. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, don't God, no. Don't tease them together. No. If you're going to bet on both, do separate bets like I'm going to do because I'm insane. That being said, we are going to move on to our second series, uh, Unicorns of Love versus Misfits. Yeah. Just when it looked like Misfits just really didn't give a crap about what happened <sighs> in the spring— uh Splice went up to them and said, no, but we want to go on vacation, Misfits. You can face off against the Unicorns of Love. We want to go hang out in Boston. Um Yeah, I don't have any other words to describe that series other than a colossal mental breakdown by by the players of Splice. I, I don't know what happened. Chase, have,
1: have you figured it out? I mean, the complete mental breakdown sounds about right. I mean, they completely stopped doing the fundamentals that got them there in the first place. And, you know, I, I'm going to point to, you know, Game 3, Wonder had a lot of technical difficulties. He had to get, they had to pause the game multiple times. Oh, no, was, no, 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 no. I'm no, not, no, saying, no, 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 not saying, I am not saying that get, that is acceptable, but I am no, saying... This is the no BS zone. No excuses, no John. get it's, it out of it's here. It's not an excuse. I think that some players really struggle under pressure. And I think that some players certainly struggle with handling those kinds of difficulties. And I think Splice crumbled under that. I'm not saying that as a, oh, well, that excuses the fact that they played poorly. I'm saying that in terms of they had to be able to mentally bounce back from those issues. And I don't think that they did. I do think it wore on wonder. You saw his face during that pause. He was incredibly frustrated. And, you know, granted, they were losing to begin with when those pauses were happening, so he would have probably been a little frustrated anyway. But I think that certainly amplified things. The fact that there were also uh, a pause in Game 4 certainly amplified things even more. You you need to have that mental resilience if you're going to be a top-tier team. And to me, whether it's the pauses that did it, whether it was just you know the pressure of being up 2-0 and needing to close, I'm not sure. But, I mean, it was a mess. I mean, it was an absolute mess. So the way that they would funnel almost you know, single file, one, you know, one at a time into uh, the waiting arms of misfits who were more than happy to give Power of Evil all of the kills in the world in Game 4. Uh, certainly, Han Sama was able to clean up things in, in Game 3. Power of Evil again in, in Game 5. I, I didn't understand any of it. I didn't understand the pick and ban phase, I think, more than anything else. Uh, putting uh, Kabi on the Kenon pick twice made no sense to me. Uh, it was it was something that after game one, it was very clear that wasn't working. Uh, game two, they basically handed that over again, and suddenly they're in this 2-2 spot that they didn't need to be in. And so I, I think that there was, you know, I, I think that the mental games, as far as how they reacted to uh, just the pressure, and I, I think just the... The stubbornness, I, I think, at the end of the day. They kept trying to make that Kennen work. Oh, by the way, Wonder went 0 won on it in Game 5. So the only advantage of Kennen, that being that you can flex it, and that gives you an advantage in pick a man and then you have to play it very well, or it's not worth it. Well, they couldn't flex it, because neither one of them could play it. So it absolutely wasn't worth it, and they forced it three times. So, I, I mean, I, I feel like it was a lot of stubbornness. I, I feel like splice believed like look the first two games prove that we know what we're doing so let's just stick to this thing because we you know in scrims or whatever it worked out had they just stuck to the blueprint that they had in games one and two i think this is an entirely different series and i think they're still moving on but they didn't and that comes down to the coaching i think yamato cannon has a lot of questions that he's going to have to answer for the way that he handled that series. I think Wonder has a lot of questions that he's going to need to answer because he was by far the worst performer in the in the last three games. I think that Kabi and Mickey have a lot to answer in terms of, well, what was that bot lane trying to do? Uh, certainly uh, they deserve a little bit of credit uh, for the way that uh, if the game one went in that regard. I think Mickey had some very interesting ways of disrupting that laning phase on the fiddlesticks, but you have to know when to move on, guys. You have to know when it's not working out and you have to try something different. And they just didn't. And that's why they're where they are right now. So,
0: so all in so, all, very
1: disappointing so, from them. So
0: I, ho- I hop on the excuses thing because it would be different if Wonder had been playing out of his mind, was like, you know, went from being like 10, 1, and 0 in the first couple games to, you know, just dying. Just like, I could understand that. He didn't play well the entire series. His club
1: he- was good in game two. He had a it was, very. I I liked his it was Kled all right. Like
0: I I like watching his cled, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't phenomenal. It was no. it was okay. It was a decent cled, which I feel like is ninety percent of cled games. It's like all right. It was decent. It wasn't soup It wasn't perfect. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't this great game. It was decent. That being said, was this more about misfits doing anything to win, or was this about splice really throwing away the series? Because to me, it was more about Splice throwing away the series than it was Misfits doing anything to win. They just kind of gave, you know, took, you know, you take two LeBlanc games because that's what you're given. Like, but there wasn't anything special that they did in those games, that I was like, oh man, Misfits did really, really good. Like in They fact, took what Splice gave them.
1: I would say the opposite. I would say the Misfits, given the lead that they had in the laning phase, given how much they controlled every neutral objective uh, in the games that they won, they only allowed one dragon in across games 3, 4, and 5. Like, why was it so hard for them to close? And the reason it was so hard for them to close is they had some of the worst wave management that I've seen in a long time. I, I've genuinely shocked that a playoff team could have such a little understanding on how to exert lane pressure. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is something I've always pointed on this podcast is something that to be a a good team, you need to be able to execute the basics. And this is one of the just most basic tenets of what it means to be, uh, you know, a a top tier team, and they couldn't do it. They, they couldn't split-push with Alfari at all, even when he had massive leads. Uh, Power of Evil, while he was very good at getting kills, they weren't able to turn it into anything because they didn't have the waves pushing the way that they wanted. So they'd have these big fights, and then they'd go around, and it's like, oh, right, well, we don't actually have vision around Baron, so we can't really do that. And even if we did, well, now we have Baron, but none of our waves are pushing, so we're going to spend all of the Baron resources just getting it to push. And we might grab, like, a tower where theoretically from Varon, you should have been grabbing two or three, and it was every time that these objectives came forth. Every team fight they won, you were just looking at the map and going, how are you not picking any lane to have ready to go for this? And to me, that's a huge concern because Unicorns of Love are the best team in the league at doing this. Their lane efficiency was 51%, that was the highest in the league, and what that means is it's basically just a measurement of how much of, of the lane resources they were able to control compared to their opponents. Unicorns of Love know how to just make sure that every time they get a kill, it's a kill and then a tower, or a kill and then you know the Rift Herald or the Dragon or whatever objective is near them on the map, because they've always done a very good job of setting themselves up for it. You know, their their vision isn't necessarily a ton of words. They place fewer words than anyone else in the league, but they place very intelligent words. Their, their words are placed with a very clear purpose of what objective they plan on playing around next. And that, to me, is ultimately why Misfits is a team that I have a very hard time seeing coming out on top in this series, because I don't feel like they have that macro understanding of what the next objective is they're supposed to be taking down. I think that they understand how to get kills, and I think mechanically... You know, they can team fight rather, you know, pretty well. I, I do want to give credit to Han Sama, who we've been saying on this podcast should have been put in a position to carry. Uh, in, and in this series, four out of five games, he looked great. His cannon was great. His Callista was phenomenal. I, I thought his Varus looked uh, solid in, in games four and five. Han Sama can be that guy, and, and that's a great tool to have. Power of Evil on the right champions can be that guy. There's a reason I put him on first team all pro. But that's, you've got to be more than just mechanically good. You have to be more than just individually good players. You have to be able to play the map and play as a team around those sorts of objectives. And I just don't think Misfits are capable of it. They certainly, Splice was giving them everything, and they still couldn't push these objectives. These games still took 40 plus minutes to close when they should have been in the 25 to 30 range, just based on the early game and I, I don't know what to tell you that's that's not going to work against unicorns of love in fact that is going to fail phenomenally against unicorns of love you give unicorns of love enough time to make enough tempo plays they're going to catch up to whatever but, lead you think you can get in the game but here's the
0: thing so we talked about how g2 kind of has unicorns of love number misfits is the only other team in europe that beat unicorns of love and granted it was a three map series and it was fairly close all three games so so what's changed? What have Unicorns of Love or what has changed in Misfits since then that makes you feel like Unicorns of Love are, are kind of overwhelming favorites, that Misfits are really not that much of a threat to them?
1: Well, first of all, the meta's changed a little bit, which is definitely worth mentioning. That was the first, patch on sev- first series on 7.4 as, as a patch, so I, I think that there were some growing pains in that regard. I think that Unicorns of Love as you remember like this was coming off of you know IEM Katowice was just a a couple weeks prior and you could tell those first two weeks after that tournament they spent a lot of time trying to rebuild their early game this is actually the first series that they played after losing to Flash Wolves and saying like whoa this is not necessarily as clean as we need it to be let's try to refine some of these things let's Kind of shore up some of the holes and make sure that you know Xerxes pathing perfectly plays towards the objectives that we want in the early game uh they they just look significantly cleaner in that regard since week six you know i I think that at the end of the day uh misfits has proven to have struggled in this particular meta I think that they benefited quite a bit from you know in in week one weeks one through five just being able to play these uh you know these kinds of, of top laners that, you know, could could when they had a way to find these openings that was something that made them stood stand out. I think Power of Evil certainly benefited from the mid lane meta at the time, and, and now these things are working in Unicorns of Love's favor. I think the Unicorns of Love have gotten cleaner as Misfits has gotten sloppier, and I think that at the end of the day, Misfits has to be able to prove that they have another way to win other than just being able to hard carry the early game because the enemy team's making big mistakes. And I don't think that Unicorns of Love, just because of the work that they've done in cleaning up that early game, because of the way that Visitchachi just, you know, hasn't overextended as much in recent weeks, uh, we're seeing that uh, Exile certainly knows how to grab the kills on the landing phase and keep Power of Evil from being able to snowball in that regard. And you know, you look at Han Sama, yeah, Han is probably the better AD carry, but Samics rarely loses lane. Uh, he's very consistent. He's you he, he's going to be able to hold down the fort and enable the rest of his team to get to where they need to be. And the mid to late game shot calling and, and you know organization from misfits in terms of getting those objectives is a mess. And that's where Unicorns of Love shine. So I I just have a very hard time believing that misfits is going to be able to snowball the early game to the same extent that they did back in week six and i certainly don't feel like uh, they're going to be able to play the mid to late game the way that they're going to need to if they're going to match the pressure that unicorns of love can consistently exert i think this is a very bad matchup for them i would actually feel a little bit better if they were playing g2 just because i think the strengths there maybe line up a little bit more i don't I find it very hard to see the opening for Misfits here.
0: You, you do remember G2 was at minus 526, right?
1: I do. I'm
0: just saying. I, I, do. I don't know if anybody's odds would be better if they are playing against G2. Well,
1: okay. That that's, pun that's, was... That was... Un- that was. I don't know how I didn't see that coming.
0: I'm, I'm just saying. Like, uh. you
1: know. <laughs> samurai
0: versus Rabbit. I'm probably going to take the Samurai... Unicorn versus rabbit. I'm probably going to take the unicorn, so let's, yes. let's put up or shut up. Chase, where do you see the
1: line? Well, I have the line at Unicorns of Love minus 333. I actually think this is going to be a 3-0. The stats say that Unicorns of Love wins this about 78% of the time. This is a really bad matchup for Misfits. So, Chase,
0: this is lesson number two. Oh, boy. Uh, lesson number one is the casinos love G2. And what is lesson number two, Chase? The casinos hate Unicorns of Love. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Unicorns of Love at minus 250. It is Unicorns of Love at minus 136. What? Which means I take the 2 0 in Europe, which gives me a two point lead overall. And thank you once again, Unicorn. We can gamble on the Unicorns of Love. I am so happy. Uh,. I, it's like a th- it's like I win no matter what happens. I win here. This is great.
1: I uh I I, I just have so many questions. I, I'm like look, I love you, Unicorn. You know I do. I've been writing for you guys for a reason recently. What? <laughs> like what is the logic behind that? It. Don't question it. Uh, Don't gamble on it right now. Like hold on. what's, what's I'm unicorn's gonna minus one and a half? Uh, unicorns love minus one and a half oh yeah it's plus 155 yeah so that's happening yeah that's that seems to be the the easiest bet of the week uh, what I I mean uh, <laughs> i have just I genuinely don't understand uh Sorry, mother High. said That's we were most... negative
0: in Europe this week? Yeah. yeah th- th- th-
1: Thanks, Unicorn. Yeah. Thanks for going back into the green. I appreciate it. What I appreciate it world. very much. Thank you. What? <laughs> I, I understand, like, we have a podcast and I'm supposed to move on from this, but I just, I haven't seen a worse line, I think, all year. The Unicorns of Love have been really good in recent weeks, and Misfits have been relatively terrible. I, I don't. Like, we remember that... Uh, they might I wondered-
0: remind you, week one, Unicorns of Love are minus 125 against Vitality. Uh, week two, Unicorns of you know Love what? are at plus 160 against
1: you know H2K. What? Unicorns of Love. Someone send Unicorns of Love the line from this. And just have them put it up like, you know, in like a high school football, you know, they put up like the headlines from the newspaper like, you know, they don't believe we can do it. That's locker room material. I want this. This should be locker room material for Unicorns of Love. They should look at this and go, oh, hell no. Oh really?" they were even against Splice. Let's just
0: let's just talk about some bad lines. The casinos hate the Unicorns of Love. But at least then,
1: at least then, Brian Kendrick. Like we could have had this idea of like, well, we don't know who the unicorns of love are going to be yet. You know, they have to prove that they're going to be this good team. They hadn't done it for multiple weeks yet. We've seen the regular season, like yes, beat, and in the
0: regular season they lost to misfits, and they also uh, they went, went eleven, 11 and two. Price.
1: They went 11-2. They closed out the season. Don't
0: question it. Stop questioning it. Stop telling our sponsor to change the odd before I gamble on it. Like, don't do this to me. Lock this in right now. Please. I'm going to lock it in. This is going to be locked in the second I hit end record on this. So, they, so they've won six bets. games in a row. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. So, so, smart money bets uh, take <laughs> Unicorns of Love at minus one thirty six, and take Unicorns of Love at minus one and a half at plus one fifty five. Yes. And then over in G two versus Fnatic, take Fnatic at plus one and a half uh, at plus one forty five. And if you're going to do that, you might as well take five maps, and five maps is at plus two forty. Yeah, I'm happy to do uh, all four of those.
1: I, I'm rate. telling
0: you to do all four of those because I'm making money. I'm positive right
1: now. Listen to me, I'm the expert. <laughs> yeah, this is see this is the thing that you as you pointed out last week uh now you're finally letting all of our readers back through the uh behind the curtain and letting them know all of these bets you've been doing behind the scenes. take all of these you're're you're going to win three of these four almost certainly you're gonna i Yeah. Thank you, Unicorn. Unless g
0: 2 3 is Fnatic, which is totally possible. I, I suppose it's in that's, play. That's entirely possible, and if you think that's entirely possible, uh, that line is at plus 175.
1: So. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. I have more faith in Fnatic than that. I think that they're going to be able to pull out at least one or two interesting things that'll that'll sneak away a map. Uh, it's certainly going to be very interesting. Also,
0: I, the bonus gamble of the week uh giants against orion yeah the uh the 3-1 or like the, the 3-1 or 3-0 is at a uh, minus 125 like take that that's almost guaranteed money if you're feeling a little risky you could take the two zero. that's at plus 240 but i have a feeling orion wins one game so yeah take the minus 125 there you go. One more free bet from behind the curtain. Yeah. You know, the Wizard of Oz has been exposed. I do not look like James Franco, unfortunately. And uh, neither did the Wizard in the original Wizard of Oz. So,
1: I, I think one James Franco is enough for this world, so I think you're alright.
0: I don't think you've watched any of his movies. I have. I don't think James Franco feels like one James Franco.
1: No, I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> That's...
0: We'll uh, talk we'll, about we'll, that. Yeah, we'll save
1: that for the Franco, Franco cast. Yeah.
0: I think that could be a good podcast. Uh, and you know what? This was a good podcast because I'm now up two, two points with three
1: to go. I don't like Jeez. this. I might be a back-to-back champion for the first time ever. I don't like this. This would be the I, first time you've ever run the regular season. That seems, I know. Uh,
0: I've, only won, I've only won Worlds. I've won the last two Worlds. So I guess that makes me kind of a back-to-back champion. I mean, sure. Sort of like how, how Flash Wolves are the unofficial world champion, right?
1: I mean, yeah, that is what uh, someone who lost the other series would say. So that's fair. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> gonna,
0: I, I just won Europe. I'm gonna get us back, you know, back positive in Europe. Which is funny because you're supposed to be the European expert, and that's the region we're negative in.
1: So. Oh, okay. That's the way we're gonna play this. Well, you know that what? That's the way we're gonna. Uh, play. If if you believe that that's the case, send all your hate mail my way at uh, RedShirtKing. King. I genuinely. I'm happy that Unicorn's giving us this value. Uh, overall, though, I'm just excited for these series. I, I think that Fnatic has pleasantly surprised me, and I hope that they get to continue to pleasantly surprise me. And I think that Unicorns of Love versus Misfits... Unicorns of Love, this can be the statement game. This can be the series that we point to and say, Unicorns of Love proved that they are the top team in Europe that we believed they could be. Uh, I, I want to see them continue to do that. I want to see them take that lead and I, I think that misfits are gonna find out that love hurts uh, which is a lesson we all have to learn at some point in our lives so uh definitely be sure to come back next week as we'll wrap all of that up and come back tomorrow and we'll talk about na so
0: a- absolutely uh i can't wait for next week when unicorn uh makes the unicorns of love like plus 30, 300 underdogs it's gonna be a great oh gambling my god. for me oh uh, my god chase <laughs> you guys could follow him at redshirt king yes. you could follow me at cds underscore uh, lol and like chase said tomorrow the north american semi-finals high versus tsm phoenix one versus cloud nine or as reddit has put it TSM versus Cloud9 Blue, Cloud9 White, and Cloud9 Orange. Until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, Cades here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Pod, soundcloud.com backslash esports rough drafts as well as on itunes and youtube by just searching for the rough drafts podcast thanks for listening and goodbye internet